Hi everybody, it's Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Aid Radio. I hope that you're doing very well. Please drop by freedomainradio.com to pick up your free copy of my book, Everyday Anarchy, available in PDF. You can read it online, and it's also low and high quality. Audiobook, strongly recommended. Open source, you can, it is the Linux of uh, Anarchy, and you can uh, send it out to whoever you want. Um, please uh, uh, abuse and use the link as you see fit, seeded in BitTorrent. Uh, get a tattoo of it on your forehead and name your pet after page 12. Whatever it is that works for you to get the word out there, I'd really strongly appreciate it. I also look forward to your donations uh, since I'm now foregoing book revenue. We've had over a thousand copies of the book downloaded in the last 20 hours or so. So if you could uh, see a way uh, clear to throwing me a few dinari, that would be fantastic. Or just read the book and pay whatever you think it's worth. I would hugely appreciate that. So enough of that. Let us uh, continue with uh, this conversation with a little ditty I call In Praise of Personal Attacks. And uh, let me sort of put uh, a framework around what it is that I'm talking about first, which is that whenever you bring up somebody's personal life in a, a philosophical discussion, there is this response that you get, which is, oh, that's an ad hominem uh, attack, and therefore it's not valid. And logically, the basis of an ad hominem attack is it's, ad hominem is against the man, right? So it's like saying, well, um, uh, Hitler says 2 plus 2 is 4, but Hitler's an evil guy, so therefore 2 plus 2 is not 4. And clearly, that is not uh, a logical statement. But here, I'm going to attempt to rescue the, uh, the ad hominem or against the person attacks so that uh, we can perhaps become a little bit more efficient when it comes to reviewing people's moral, logical, uh, and, and philosophical propositions, economics, politics, whatever. So, for instance, uh, if, um, uh, if, you, uh, if you develop a kind of cancer, let's start with a nice metaphor, shall we? If you develop a kind of cancer and you go to an oncologist, and the oncologist says, well, you need really aggressive radiation treatment, and it's going to make you sick, it's going to make your hair fall out, all of these kinds of things. And then you find out after the visit when he says, go mull it over, that your oncologist last year had exactly the same cancer that you have had or that you currently have and specifically rejected and avoided and never took the same treatment that he's prescribing to you, this um, uh, aggressive chemotherapy or radiation treatment. That, to me, would be a pretty significant piece of information to digest. And if you were to go back to your oncologist and say, well, you're not taking this prescription that you're giving to me, though we have the exact same ailment. Agreed? He says, yes, we do have the exact same ailment. Well, why is it that you didn't take this aggressive and, and uh, dangerous and destructive treatment course that you're suggesting to me? And he says, well, it doesn't matter what I do at all. It doesn't matter what I do. Uh, it, it, you can't judge the efficacy of the treatment based on whether or not I submitted myself to it. I think we can all, <laughs> we can all appreciate and understand that that would not be a particularly satisfying answer. Uh, we damn well would want to know why he was prescribing to us a medicine that he would not take himself. So I think in that instance, we can understand that. Some, and I talk about this in my book, that I mention that, Everyday Anarchy, out free, freedomainradio.com, that if you're walking down the street and some unshaven, crazy-eyed, homeless guy comes up and offers his services to you as a financial advisor the uh, not like rejecting all forms of ad hominem attacks or criticisms you could say would be that you would evaluate that person's um, financial advice with exactly the same uh, value as, as exactly that you would 
value Warren Buffett's uh, advice. Not Warren's, not Jimmy, right? Wasting away in RSPville. Anyway, the Buffett, uh, who's good at investing, uh, that you would take the homeless guy and say, well, I'm not going to hold it against you, homeless guy, that you're homeless, but I'm going to judge your financial advice as completely the same as, uh, 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 as Warren Buffett's or whatever. If you were looking at um, a diet book that somebody was putting forward that said anyone can lose weight and it's totally easy and he himself were, say, 400 pounds, you would think, well, either, the, either this person is not taking his own advice, in which case his claim that it's easy is falsified by that very action or non-action of following his own diet, or he has followed his own diet and he is hugely and immensely uh, obese and therefore his diet doesn't work. So there's ways in which looking at the presentation that a person brings to the picture can help you evaluate in a rational probability kind of way their own claims, right? So the homeless guy, you know, maybe there's a one in a billion chance that he's a complete financial genius and you should follow every piece of advice that he's saying. But given that the odds are so small, we would generally say that we would not pursue this, this claim. We would not pursue this claim. If somebody writes a book saying that good grammar and spelling are a mark of, of intellectual correctness and respect for your readers and it's a virtue and it's good and we should do it, and his own book is riddled with grammatical and spelling errors, then we would say that there's something quite wrong with that formulation. If he says that it is really, really good to have uh, you know, correct spelling and grammar, but his own book is not proofread at all, then clearly we um, would have some questions or we would, not, we would say that there's something wrong with that. And you know, the way that we would approach that is we would say, well, either this person who's written the spelling and grammar book does notice that there are spelling and grammatical errors and does not notice that that's in complete contradiction to what he says is a value, which is, you know, he's obviously contradicting himself up front, so why would we continue, right? I mean, if the first page of a 200-page mathematical proposition is based, says that 2 plus 2 equals 5, why would we keep going? We just, maybe every other piece of reasoning is correct, and if we just adjust this and spend a month trying to figure it out, maybe it all works out beautifully. But we can say that if the mathematician doesn't notice that 2 plus 2 is 5, and he's published this for, uh, you know, after peer review and so on, and uh, he's, he's saying that mathematical accuracy is, is the uh, synchronon of intellectual achievement, then we would say that he either doesn't notice that 2 plus 2 doesn't equal 5, in which case he's insane, or he does notice it and doesn't care, in which case he doesn't really care about accuracy, all his claims to the contrary notwithstanding. So we can absolutely judge uh, the validity of a person's thinking processes, their, their, their capacity to process things logically. Uh, if the homeless guy doesn't notice that the fact that he's homeless is going to make his, uh, your receptivity to his economics theories or theories of investment that much less credible, then he doesn't really understand how he has very little social intelligence, right? Uh, if you're hiring someone uh, for a sales position and they show up half-shaven and with a big old marinara stain, uh, uh, marinara stain on their t uh, tie, then uh, yes, they may be the most brilliant salesperson in the world, but the odds of that become significantly diminished by the fact that they're not even aware that you're supposed to show up shaven and without a big ass marinara stain on your tie. So there's just these principles of efficiency, and which we all go through. It's all a, a perfectly rational, perfectly sensible 
way of looking at things in the world. We do this all the time. If you saw an ad for an acne cream which had a model who had five big old uh, honking nipple-sized pimples on her face, uh, you would probably say, well, I wonder why they would do that, advertise an anti-pimple cream with somebody with uh, pimples. Now, if you read the fine print and say, well, she had 10 big old pimples before she started taking this treatment, it would still be sort of confusing for you. Uh, if I was, um, if I was uh, on the front page of, uh, or on the page of an ad advertising uh, how to grow a good mohawk or how to use styling gel or cream and not just in your nose hairs or your ear hairs, then you would be kind of confused about all of that, right? So this, this way of approaching people's arguments and, and comparing them to the actual choices they're making in their lives is really, really important and very helpful. Uh, I have a, a podcast uh, somewhere out there on Marx, uh, and it's not, uh, it's, some of it is around a criticism of his economic theories, um, but if Marx says that it's evil to exploit your workers, and he himself uh, impregnated his own maid, and then basically tossed her out like garbage for her to fend for herself, and then complains in the Communist Manifesto about bourgeois capitalists doing exactly that to their workers, then clearly we can... <laughs> understand that Marx is not a thinker that any sane human being would take particularly seriously. Because if he defines something as evil and then does it himself, and he is a putting himself forward as an ethicist or a moralist, which is fundamentally what he was, uh, what he was doing, if he says exploiting the workers is evil, and I have just banged and abandoned my own maid, who is big with my furry and aggressive child, then clearly he doesn't believe his own ethics. Right, like the guy who says it's totally easy to lose weight and my diet will do it for you, lickety split, and I and he's still four hundred pounds. And he just, he just doesn't believe his own his own statements. It just just doesn't believe them at all. And that's important to understand. If somebody puts forward a series of propositions and then acts in a contrary manner, that is relevant to what it is that they're doing because they clearly don't believe what they're saying. And if they don't believe what they're saying, if I mean, if you don't even believe what you're saying. Why on earth should I spend days or weeks or months investigating your thoughts? Right up front, you're telling me I don't believe what I'm putting forward. And either you notice that you don't believe that, but you ignore it, in which case you're being totally manipulative and gross, or you don't even notice that you're contradicting your own statements through your actions, in which case you're just kind of mental. And why would anybody bother wasting time with that? So I think that it is relevant to look at a person's personal behavior, and it is relevant to bring that personal behavior up if it is directly related to the propositions that they're putting forward. So, I mean, as I've mentioned before, there have been a couple or a number of attacks that have floated around on me, which says, well, you know, Steph's all about the free market and, and this and that, but Steph relies on his wife's income to pursue uh, free domain radio. And even, it's not true, but even if we accept that it is true, it is in no way a violation of voluntary association for me to take my wife's income to fund my philosophy show. In fact, that would be because she values what it is that I'm doing, or even if I'm bullying her emotionally or whatever, and that was the result, it's still not a violation of uh, the non-aggression principle. It is not a violation of UPB. It is not a violation of any of these sorts of things for me to take money from my wife to pursue philosophy. So it's not that every attack on... Um, uh, it's not that uh, every attack on a human being is valid but where the person's actions directly contradict their behavior. As they talk about in everyday anarchy, we have uh, you know, thousands of economists or tens of thousands of professional economists the world over 
who talk about the evils of subsidy and protectionism and the need for free trade, who themselves work in highly subsidized and protected fields like academia, the IMF, the World Bank, various governmental agencies and NGOs and to do with aid and all these other sorts of things around the world. So, I mean, <laughs> then they're basically saying that protectionism is bad except for us. And that's what everybody says about protectionism, so they would need to resolve that own contradiction. Uh, they can't then say protectionism is, is universally bad, but we're going to hide behind protectionism and flee the free market. I mean, just these things are important and relevant, and it is not a, an attack upon the person to say that what you are proposing is completely at variance with how you are, you are acting. And either you notice that or you don't. If you notice it and don't care, then you obviously have no interest in logical consistency, so I'm not going to bother pursuing your thoughts any further, or you don't even notice logical consistency, in which case, how can you claim to put forward a theory that is rational uh, or conforms with the evidence? So I just wanted to put out this little blurb just to in praise of the ad hominem, because I think that it is relevant. It's not relevant that um, I'm not wrong because I'm bald. I'm not right because I'm bald. But uh, if I talk about things in a philosophical and moral standpoint and do not, and it's, nobody has to be perfect, right? I mean, nobody has to be perfect at all. But if I am fundamentally at variance with the morals that I'm putting forward and reject and refuse to, to accept any of that uh, fact, then for sure uh, you should throw me out like uh, a weak old cat litter and go find somebody more consistent. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, the embrace of the personal attacks, I think, is something that is highly underrated. And, and I think it's generally put forward uh, as um, you know, don't don't attack the person, only attack the ideas is really put forward by people, I think, who are living in contradiction to their values. And I've sort of I think I've had enough of it. It's a pretty tiresome argument to hear over and over. I'd say go for the jugular if uh, if it's valid and just. Uh, so thank you very much for watching. As always, remember to pick up your free uh, free domain radio books. And uh, as always, commercial free since '05. <laughs> thank you again so much for watching. I will talk to you soon.